This morning's text comes from us from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And Jesus says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. We're in a series on the Ten Commandments, and this morning is about do not steal. But we as a pastoral staff thought we would look at these Ten Commandments through the rubric, through the lens of Jesus, what, what Jesus says is the greatest commandment, which is the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. First Ten Commandments are about loving God. Uh, first five commandments of the Ten Commandments are about loving God. Second half is about loving neighbor. This is the Eighth Commandment, right in the middle. And Jesus turns his, his eyes when he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. So we're, we're pulling out of Matthew chapter 6, and the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' crude it's the it's the pinnacle it's his sermon we should be living in this sermon consistently as followers of Jesus this is what he talked about this is his main sermon and he starts it off with really transforming what God wants out of God's people He revolutionizes everything and says, it's not really about what you do, it's actually the heart in which you do everything that's important. Why you do that which you do is more important than what you do. That's a tongue twister. And now, he's, 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 Jesus is moving from challenging our desires, challenging what drives us, challenging our hearts into how do we live out this? How do we go about living our lives so that our hearts are wanting the right things and out of that doing the right things? And so he says in verse 19, let me look at it again. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. Calvin says this, this deadly plague reigns everywhere throughout the world. Men and women are grown mad are grown mad with the insatiable desire of gain 
One theologian put it, wealth is like seawater. The more we drink, the thirstier we become. And the same is true with fame. Have you ever longed after something and then once you've gotten it, you realize it's the wrong thing? I want to tell you a little about myself. My mother, before she went to be with the Lord in 2003, she was the master of making jello. She could do things with jello that would knock your hat off. There was layers, there was fruit, there was whipped cream involved. There was amazingness. As a comical story, the first year after my mom passed, my, my wife tried to put grapes in the, in, in the jello to like kind of remind me, because that was kind of the Easter tradition. And there was just a tray of grape, there was a tray of jello with like four or five grapes just sticking out of it. Because my mom was the master. Keep that in your mind. And, and as I'm rolling into New Jersey, I'm at a Presbyterian women's function. And I, God bless Presbyterian women. But they cook things that I had never experienced before. <laughs> I had in front of me what looked like jello, and it was red, and it was beautiful. And I took a bite of this, and it tasted like jello, but sin had entered in. <laughs> it was tomato jello. It was what they call aspic, which is of the devil. <laughs> but I tell this illustration. Because I longed for that sweetness of jello, and what I got was bitter tomato. Yuck. We as human beings, we strive after success. We strive after winning. We strive after good things. But Jesus wants to correct something. And as Calvin puts it, we always want more. More, 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 more. And Jesus says, that's not really a bad thing that you want more. But don't want more of things that thieves can steal and, and moths and rust can destroy. And then he moves to the verse 20. And he says, but a huge one. That's a transition. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm kind of tired of being told what not to do. I want something to do. I want something to fill my basket. I want something to, to go after. I want something to attack. Because I've been given all this grace. I've been given all this love. God loved me as is, sent his son to die for me as is, and he's transformed me into this new creation. And in this new creation, all I keep hearing from the church and all I keep hearing as I follow people is don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. What do I want to do? What am I supposed to do? But Jesus says, but, 
Store up yourself for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. Title of this sermon is Heaven Hoarders. We are challenged by Jesus to hoard heaven now. Bring in the glimpses that you get of the eternal kingdom now and store them up. Go about being of the business of collecting heaven stories. About collecting where God is breaking through into this world. I want to read a quote from Bruner. Instead, you should be collecting treasures for yourselves in heaven. Move desires, he redirects it. Jesus does not have a problem with ambitious people. Jesus does not have a, a, a problem with type A people. This is good news for San Marino, right? Amen. Because I got a room right here. You guys are about to attack something. You know, you're, you're, you're going to go do stuff. We get stuff done around here. And Jesus says there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the desire to make differences. There's nothing wrong with the desires to make changes. There's nothing wrong with the desire to have a good life. But we're going about it the wrong way. And he says, put your desires into experiencing King Jesus in the here and now. Where nobody can touch, nobody can take this stuff away from you. You experience King Jesus in your life, nobody can take that away from you. What are some stories of Jesus breaking through and the king being king of my life and me seeing heaven? I just came back from Thailand and I'm full of them. I am totally and utterly full of them. I just went to a place called Mesat. It's a border town between Burma and Thailand. And Burma's not doing too well. I don't know if you read the news, but there's all kinds of strife. So there's all these Burmese people running into Thailand right at this town, Mesat. So the Burmese that are coming over are really looked down upon the, uh, by the Thai people for two reasons. One, because they're Burmese. Two, because they're raging followers of Jesus. See, in the 20s and 30s, Christian missionaries went into the Karen state of Burma. If you walk into this Karen state of Burma, it's a little like heaven on earth. It's like what Jesus talks about, wheat among weeds. The Karen people love Jesus as their king and don't listen to who is president of Burma. They're amazing followers of Jesus. And as I came into contact with them in Mesat, Thailand, I was challenged and utterly empowered. They had this, what Jesus is talking about. They had this gift of knowing whose they were and who they were because they know that they serve the King Jesus. And nothing can take that away from them. 
People can beat them. People can take all of their stuff. They can literally have no identity, but they don't care because their identity is in Christ and they are Christians, followers of Jesus. I come back to you from Mesot, Thailand, and I say to you, on behalf of these Burmese people, people of the Korean state, it's time to raise your game. It's time to raise your identity in Jesus the Christ. It's time to stop chasing after things that will rust. It's time to stop thinking, thinking about things that moths can destroy. It's time to put the, the, what you've put on the back burner, which is your faith, and put it on the front burner and get busy about loving people the way Jesus did and about loving God with everything you've got. It's time for everyone to reverse their job titles. Eugene, you're a hand surgeon. No, you're not. You're a follower of Jesus who heals people's hands. There's a bunch of business folks in here. You guys are investors and you're about making money and you're about getting more for your client. No, you're followers of Jesus equipping people to be good stewards with what God has given them. I'd like to close, I know it's brief, but it's amazing, with Thomas A. Kempis. And he writes this. And this is imitation of Christ, and I just happen to be going through this, and it happens to be on the verse that we're preaching on today. And it's on verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will be your heart also. He writes this. If I love heaven, I willingly muse on heavenly things. If I love the world, I rejoice with the felicity of the world and grieve for the adversity thereof. If I love the flesh, I constantly imagine those things that belong to the flesh. But if I love the Spirit, I love the Spirit, I delight to think on spiritual things. For wherever, whatever things I love, of these things, do I willingly speak and hear and carry home with me the forms thereof? But blessed is the man who for thy sake, O Lord, grants leave to depart all creatures, who does violence to his nature and through fervor of the Spirit crucifies the lusts of the flesh. And with a serene conscience he may offer a pure, a pure prayer unto thee. This is the clincher. And all things, all earthly things, both outwardly and inwardly being excluded, he may be admitted into the heavenly choirs. He may be admitted into the heavenly choirs. You and I can be admitted into the heavenly choirs. A Kempis is he's he's challenging us, don't fiddle around with these these desires to get bigger and better in this world. Put them to death. He's not saying, you know, just put it off a little bit. He says, no, put them to death because they will drag you down. 
And he says, lift up your minds. Meditate on heavenly things. Meditate on spiritual things. Instead of talking about sports, talk about what the Holy Spirit has done in your life lately over, over lunch. Instead of talking about what's going on in your family affairs, talk about how you can help your neighbor, both literal and figurative. Find out who's living next to you and find out how you can help them. This isn't rocket science. This isn't, this isn't chemistry. I got a D in chemistry. This is, this is easy stuff. He says, take your eyes off of the temporal because you got so much drive and you got so much passion. Take that drive, take that passion and put it on heavenly things. Start thinking about God. Start talking about God. Start praying to God. Start talking to your neighbor. Start loving your neighbor. Start helping your neighbor. Start 